At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a tremendous next three hours for you as there's going to be a whole lot of college basketball talk, going to be taking a look at as many games as seemingly possible for this upcoming college basketball Saturdays. We've got 130 of them now. This might become like 129, 128 as we go along because unfortunately, a couple of these games do wind up getting postponed, what have you, but as I'm looking at it right now, we've got 130 games up on the college basketball betting board. So if there's a game that you want me to discuss in a little bit more depth, you got two ways to be able to chime in those requests at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter, or you can go to at VEASAN live as well. Either one is going to be able to get the job done, but we're going to try to take a look at those as many of those as humanly possible. We're going to be diving into some NFL as well. We've got a lot that is going to be going down this weekend. Going to be mostly taking a look at the Saturday games today on the show tomorrow. We're going to be taking a little bit more of a look at the Sunday games. I've got picks. I've got analysis on both of those. We're going to be hitting those at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. So that way, when it hits midnight for everyone in the continental 48 states, we are going to have you guys covered there. Going to talk a little bit of NBA here in the first segment as well as we did wind up seeing Zach Levine wind up getting injured. It looks like he's going to need an MRI. So that's going to be fascinating to say the least. But we're actually going to be starting with really the lone sporting event that is going on right now. And we've got a late one between UNLV and Fresno State. They wound up getting off to a very late start. So, hey, we get some live basketball right now. And I can't say that it's necessarily the most aesthetically pleasing game in the world. As this is a total that wound up getting bet up. From 127 up to more around a 130 and a half. We've wound up seeing a couple 129 and a half, depending on where you look. But right now, it is Fresno State in the lead on UNLV by a count of 63 to 54. And if you're wondering why Fresno State has been having such low totals, they rank in the bottom 10 in all of college basketball with regards to possessions per game. They are playing at a snail's pace. UNLV, not necessarily a team that's looking to gun it themselves. And I do think that's going to be very fascinating to see what we're going to get in the Mountain West. I actually wound up having Isabel Gonzalez does a great job taking a look at the Mountain West on my podcast, Coast Coast Hoops, which if you wind up missing any of these college basketball previews or anything like that, I literally went through every single game on the board on there in Las Vegas rotation order. That's every game that involves two D1 teams. So if you wind up having a D1 team versus a non-D1 team, I'm sorry, not going to be able to get there. 
Wish I could break down UW Oshkosh, but I'm not able to bet on my alma mater, so that is not something that I'm able to break down, but certainly we want to break it down all those. Took a look at the Mountain West on there as well, and I do think that it's going to be very intriguing to see what we wind up getting moving forward as it's now 63-57. 320 remaining, so if you, like me, wind up taking the under, you're certainly hoping that Fresno State just winds up not being able to put any points on the board whatsoever, and you wind up getting like a two-point game with a minute left because it's always so intriguing when it comes to college basketball taking a look at late game following because it seems to make no sense whatsoever. You try to do your best to be able to handicap that, but it certainly is one of the hardest aspects to be able to identify when it comes to these games as well. These are the sorts of games where free throw shooting and handicapping that really comes into play. When it comes to UNLV, not a great, not a terrible free throw shooting team. Fresno State can be a little bit shaky at the line themselves. So it's going to be very fascinating to see what we wind up getting here as it looks like Fresno State is going to be going to the free throw line. And if you just take a look at what we wind up seeing in college basketball on Friday in general, it was a intriguing day in which you wind up seeing a whole bunch of favorites coming through like Purdue. They just completely curbed something. Nebraska, 92-65. to 65. One of my good friends out there, Terrence Oglesby, former Clemson great, he was asking if Nebraska is going to be able to win a game in the Big Ten this year. I took the yes, personally, but, oh boy, it's been not good for our friends, the Cornhuskers, to say the least. Illinois took down Michigan by a count of 68-53, to 53, and they were without Hunter Dickinson in this game, so you've got a whole heck of a lot going on there. And when you take a look at college basketball in general, what well, I do think has been very fascinating to see with regards to everything has been just the way that road teams have been able to come through the season. Now we've seen a little bit of reversal in this. The last seven days, home teams are 150, 139, and two against the spread. But you take a look at what we've been getting the last month. So this is going to cover the back half of non-conference play and then into conference play. You've got overs over the last three days hitting at a 53.6% clip overall this season. They've been hitting more around 51.5%, but it has been just so strange with road teams over the last three days going 406, 408, and 10. So darn near 50-50. So we saw a little bit of a run on them. Seems like home teams are starting to gain a little bit more zen once again. So I do think that we're going to be seeing probably home underdogs. We're going to be seeing unders winding up having a little bit more value moving forward. So we're going to be certainly identifying that like the over in this Fresno State versus UNLV game. All you need is two more points, depending on your number on this one. 69-60 got about a buck 40 left, but I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Going to be hitting on a little bit of NBA here as well. We're really going to be diving hard and heavy into these college basketball previews because, well, we've got a whole bunch of games to break down and we've only got three hours to be able to break them down. So we're going to be hitting on a little bit of NBA here. And what I think has been really intriguing with regards to what we've been seeing in the association the last week or so has been, we've been seeing a lot of teams that have been underdogs and they have been able to come through. You take a look at what we wound up getting with Dallas, being able to take down Memphis by a count of 112 to 85. You certainly weren't necessarily expecting that. Seeing a lot of teams that have been down in the odds board with regards to odds, be able to win the championship. A lot of these top flight teams. They just haven't necessarily been able to get the job done. You take a look at the NBA to date. Underdogs overall, they are 324, 301, and 6. So underdogs for this season, they've been hitting just below a 52% clip, but you take a look at what we've been able to get recently out there in the NBA. Underdogs, last seven days, 33 and 19. Yeah, that is a 63.5% clip to the dog, and 
we've seen the unders wind up having a little bit of a pushback as well. They've been hitting at a 56% clip, 29 unders and 23 overs. And it's been really intriguing to take a look at the NBA totals because I feel like if you've just zagged while everyone else is zigging, you've been able to make a lot of money. By that, I mean, we wanted to in the first month of the season, whole bunch of unders in the NBA. If you wind up after that first month sitting there thinking, oh, the bookmakers are going to adjust we're going to get some overs. Well, you're right there after you wind up seeing that big binge of overs. If you wind up saying, oh, I think that we're going to now see some unders after you wind up seeing a big 30-day run on overs. Well, you would be right once again. So that's what I mean by that. But it is a very stagnant market. Not necessarily stagnant. It's a very strange market right now, I would say, though, just because you do have all these guys that are on 10-day contracts. A lot of guys that have been out of the league for like, three, four years. A lot of these guys like Mario Chalmers have been getting picked up off the track, Pete, as well. So I think that that's something that you got to be taking a look at and you've got to be trying to identify what in the heck is going on with that, though. I will say the one thing that has really been a constant has been the Golden State Warriors just continuing to control everything. They're right now number two in most places with regards to the odds board to be able to win the title. And they once again wound up being able to get the job done. They wound up winning on Friday night by 40 points. And I just don't think that you can overlook this Golden State Warriors team anymore. I don't think that there's a lot of people that were, but I was sort of wondering, all right, how is everything going to be looking when you wind up getting back Clay Thompson, when you wind up getting all your pieces out there? And early returns have been very, very good. Now, obviously, you've been having Clay Thompson being able to get a lot of rest. He's been a little bit banged up himself. Ever since returning, you wound up missing the game that we wound up seeing here tonight against the Chicago Bulls, but I mean, it's just been a case where the Golden State Warriors have gotten it from everyone. Their top scorer in this game, in which they wound up winning 138 to 96, Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. I mean, when you have Jonathan Kaminga going off for 25 points, you know that things are going very, very well for you. You wind up having a double double from Kevon Looney, and that's really been the difference for the Golden State Warriors. They are getting it from darn near everyone, and there are so many NBA teams that they've been struggling with that. The big reason why I'm not necessarily bullish on the Brooklyn Nets is that they don't necessarily have a lot coming in off the bench that have been able to get it done for them. I mean, we saw with the Milwaukee Bucks, the reason why they wound up winning their title last season is because they had those plug-and-play players, the LA Lakers. They had a bench that they were able to help out with. Obviously, you had Anthony Davis and LeBron James doing their heavy lifting with regards to the title that they wound up getting out there in the bubble. But you have a lot of guys that just knew their role. They were able to step up when needed. And I do think that it's going to be a case in which you want to be trying to identify these teams because I do think that the Warriors have been able to do the best job with it. But I do think that a team like the even Philadelphia 76ers, if they wind up getting anything for Ben Simmons, which I don't know if Ben Simmons winds up getting moved or not, but I do feel like this is a 76ers team that all of a sudden they're picking up a little bit of steam. They wind up winning by a count of 111 to 99 on Friday. I think that they could be a little bit of a pesky bunch because you do have a guy coming off the bench in Andre Drummond, who obviously he's just able to rebound the heck out of a ball. You've got George Niang, who's been able to play some very solid minutes. Tobias Harris has been a little bit up and down. He seems to be finding it. And the big key is healthy Joel Embiid, because whenever Joel Embiid is healthy, he's a top five player in the NBA. So I do think that that's a team that I'm going to be taking a look at. And by the way, the Philadelphia 76ers on the road, they are 15 and eight. Meanwhile, the one that they wound up getting against Boston Celtics, nine to nine at home. So 
I mean, that is just one of those things where you just can't help but sit there, have a little bit of chuckle, and just pretty much shock it up to that as this is a game that wound up with the total going over just barely as you wound up having 210 points scored in this game. Total wound up closing at 207. So we've been seeing a lot of that in the NBA. Bookmakers have been doing a great job with totals. So as I always recommend, in-game betting when it comes to the NBA, it can be very beneficial to you. And when it comes to what we're seeing out there in UNLV versus Fresno State, UNLV heading to the line down by four with about 55 seconds ago, 71 to 67. We're going to be keeping you guys up to date on that as this one winds up going final. But coming up next, it is that time that we take off the gloves. We start taking a look at this college basketball betting board for Saturday. We've got 130 games. So we're going to be starting with some of the early game sex right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. It is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available at 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. For your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so that way you can easily find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's available in 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning that it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over ZYN.com slash find be able to find a store that is nearest you. Zinn.com slash find warning. This is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Great Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, and we're getting set to take a look at all these games that we've got on the college basketball betting board. Going to hit on as many as possible. We do have Four seconds left of the college basketball Friday card as Fresno State, they're just going to dribble it out. 73-68, Fresno State, UNLV, this one just goes final. So Fresno State, as what was a pick'em game, they go off as about a point, point, half point favorite. They wind up being able to get the job done. Total on this game, bet up from 127 to 130.5-ish, winds up going over. So we've got that all out of the way now, so... Let's take a look at Saturday now that Friday is in the rearview mirror. And I'm going through all the requests that you guys fired in at GNR Squirty. One going to be trying to go in time order as much as humanly possible as well. 
first request I wound up getting in, ironically enough, is the first game on the board. So that made my job very, very easy. If there's a game that you want me to hit on at GNRS41, got you covered there. We'll be hitting on it at some point during the show. Can't guarantee that it'll be like within five minutes or anything like that, but I will do my best. I will get to it. So I've got you covered there. But how about if we start 601-602, Big East Battle, Seton All Marquette. Marquette is a home underdog in this spot, finding them point half underdog, seeing them as a point in other spots as well. Your total is ranging anywhere between 151 and half and 152 and half. And when it comes to these early games, because this is going to be an 11 a.m. Central noon Eastern time tip, I do shade down my totals a little bit when it comes to these early games. I don't know if you guys have been between the ages of, we're going to call it 18 to 23, because you've got now the COVID year that winds up taking hold, but I don't know if you've been of those ages, but I can tell you right now, when I was in college, I had no interest in waking up early on the weekends. That is for sure. I would go to my friends with Molly McGuire's and drink beer rather than actually waking up early. Fortunately, my radio show back then was 2 p.m. Central time, so I was able to get in as much sleep as I needed before I had to go on air. So we were able to do our part there, but I do shade down my totals. I wound up saying this little more around the mid 140. So I'm certainly going to be taking a look at it under. I wound up settling at a 142, but getting Marquette as home underdog, I think is a very good spot. I take a look at this Marquette team and they've been able to do a much better job under Shaka Smart. Now, when it comes to Shaka Smart, it's not like the Havoc style as I would say been hellacious. I'm not going to say that it's been absolutely terrific or anything like that, but you do take a look at this Marquette team and They've been able to play much better on defense this year. They've been able to give you right around seven and a half seals per game. And I do like what you've been able to get out of Daryl Morcel, one of the best on-ball defenders in all of college basketball. Seton Hall, last time they won, taking the floor, they gave up 96 points to DePaul. You gotta feel like there's gonna be a little bit more pride on the defensive side of the ball in this game. I think that that goes without saying. Now, you do have Ike Obialgu down low for Seton Hall. He gets you as many blocks as he does points. Right around 3.1 blocks and 3.2 points per game, which I find that to be absolutely hilarious. But he's been able to do a good job there. Guys like Katari, Richmond have been solid. Really, this team, though, they rely upon two main scores. That would be Bryce Aiken along with Jared Roden. These two guys combined to be able to give you about 29 to 30 points per game. But this is a C-Null team that they shoot about 31% from three-point range. Marquette isn't coming out their guns blazing either. They shoot about 32.5% from distance. But Marquette, to their credit, they actually get right around 5.5 blocks per game as well. So they're actually much better on the interior than you'd think because they've actually got one guy that gets you blocks. That'd be Kirk Keith. He's been able to give you three blocks per game, a guy that only gives you right around 5.5 points per game. So, I mean, it's sort of like the Ike Obiagu of his respective team. Kyler Kolick has been able to do a good job being able to just shout right around 6.5 assists per game for Marquette. And with Marquette, they were able to get a nice money line underdog win slash a pick win against Providence a couple days ago. You take a look at what they wound up doing against Creighton in the similar spot a few weeks ago. It looked like they had the game won. They were unable to pull it out in double overtime. I do think that in this spot, they are going to be able to do so. You've got a seat and all team that I feel like they're a little bit rudderless. I feel like they're just sort of missing that one ingredient. It's all in all a solid team. I think that seat and all going to be able to make the NCAA tournament. I can see them being able to make a little bit of noise in the NCAA tournament. They just need a little bit more of a three-point shooting oomph in them. And I do like what you're able to get out of, and I might mispronounce this last name for Marquette. Iso Ogradero, hopefully I said that one correctly. Mr. Ogradero has been able to give you right around seven points. He's shipping in there four rebounds per game. And you take a look at him, and he was really an afterthought coming into the season. A 
relatively highly touted freshman, but a guy that he figured he was going to need to get a little bit of more time in order to be able to make a bunch of an impact for the team and really start out the season on the bench. But I mean, he wound up seeing his first real significant time in that game against Jackson State. And you take a look at what he's been able to do ever since he wound up being able to get a little bit more of a Carpendale role. And he's actually been really good for the team. He's been able to put up double figures and now three out of the last four games, eight plus points in each out of the last four. And is averaging ever since that game on the 30th of November, right around nine and a half-ish points per game. A guy that doesn't necessarily shoot threes, but has been able to pull in their four and a half rebounds per game. I think that he could be a little bit of an X factor here for Marquette. So I'm taking a look at an under, and we're going to be taking a look at the money line in this spot as well. I know that I wanted to have a request for Texas Tech versus Kansas State. This is in the early window as well. This is going to be on the betting board. 607, 608. Yeah, Texas Tech who has really fallen with regards to the pricing on this one because they open up a six-point favorite. Now you're finding between three and a half and four. So we've seen a two and a half to two-point move on this game and your total on this game that has remained relatively stagnant. It is anywhere between a 126.5 and a 127. Now, when it comes to Terrence Shannon, he has missed pretty much last month for Texas Tech. We've been hearing reports that he's getting closer and closer to returning. I'm going to be treating this as if He's going to play, but he's going to give you something so limited that even if he wouldn't be out there, it would make very little to no difference. So, I mean, it's as if Taron Shannon winds up playing like 15 minutes and he gives you like five points on my line. So, I mean, it's really not going to make much of an impact either way as to whether or not he winds up playing in this game. What I really want to see is how Kevin McCullough winds up responding in this game as well because he had been dealing with a little bit of an injury. He's returned the last few games and he's really been one of the main scorers for this team. He has been able to give this team 13 points per game, chips in their three and a half assists per game. You've been able to have Kevin O'Banner do a nice job down low along Bryson Williams. Williams is a guy that has been able to shoot about 40% from three-point range, so I like this team. I wound up setting my line personally at four, so at three and a half, I would be starting to take a look at Texas Tech. I personally wound up taking an opener of six with the points with Kansas State, but I mean, if you're now getting a three and a half, it's gone a little bit too far in my opinion because with Kansas State, this is a team that they themselves, much like Texas Tech, they've been dealing with a couple guys that have been out due to COVID-19 concerns. I do like what you're able to get out of Nigel Pack. Shoots over 40% from three-point range. Top score, 15 points per game with Kansas State. You don't necessarily have that one guy that is like seven feet tall and jams things up down low, but what you do have is Mark Smith who winds up coming in from Missouri right around 11 points per game, eight rebounds. He shoots solidly from three-point range. You can't see it overall. They shoot 35% from three-point range. Both of these teams, they do pride themselves on defense. When it comes to Kansas State, shock, shock, surprise, surprise. They're outside the top 250 with regards to possessions per game. I mean, that's just what you can expect out of Bruce Weber. But what has been really impressive is that Texas Tech has been one of the best teams at being able to generate steals in all of college basketball. I do think that we're going to get an over in this game, though, because I wound up setting my line at four. And when you wind up having a four, six, seven-ish point game with a minute left to go, we all know it's going to be going down. Hacking and a big giant march to the free throw line. Both of these teams relatively solid at the free throw line. Nothing great, nothing terrible. So I really don't see too much of an edge slash disadvantage either way there. But I do think that this is going to be a game in which Kansas State is going to be able to hold in there. If you've still got a stale number like a four and a half plus, I would say jump on it right now with regards to Kansas State because I want to personally making this line, making this line four. I jumped down at six early, but like I said, if, if you're getting down to three and a half, like right now we're seeing at DraftKings, the boat has really been missed on Kansas State, in my opinion. The Octagon of Doom is a really tough place to play, but 
I do think that Texas Tech is really that good that they should be able to get the outright win here. Like I said, made my line for a year and with a total, set it at a 130. So right around 127, 127F. I am more than willing to take a look at it over in this spot. And we'll get this thing started on this side and then wrap it up on the other side. 6-11, 6-12, another game that is in the early window. A big one between Tennessee and Kentucky. Kentucky opens up a 5.5-point favorite. We're now seeing them anywhere between 4.5 and 5.5. This is a number that is ranging quite a bit, but mostly 4.5s across the board. John's game is anywhere between 141.5 and 142.5. I want to making my line 5 personally. So at a 4.5 slash 5.5, I would rather take... I would rather lay four and a half with Kentucky rather than take five and a half with Tennessee. I will explain on the other side and a big reason why it's one of the most efficient scores in all of college basketball that is on the side of Kentucky and going to be taking a look at more games that we've got for college basketball on this Saturday. Big giant card. We're going through them all next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Get three plays of all of our shows and listen and download on your time. Go to vsin.com slash podcast and there you're able to get beating the book of Josh Alexander with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum as I tried to combine the two. Plus, you've got hardwood handicappers and Lombardi line. Follow the money. My guys in the desert. Coast to Coast Hoops, which you got every game on the college basketball betting board being broken down. That'll be up in 90 minutes and many, many more. They are all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast wherever you get your podcast at. It is a great Peterson experience with myself, Greg Hughes, to take a look at everything that we've got on the college basketball betting board for this Saturday and like I said, all 130 games on Coast to Coast Hoops. I can tell you right now that that episode wound up being four hours and five minutes long. So that is going to be quite a whopper of a podcast. So I want to try to give you guys a little bit more, I guess you call it depth with regards to this, because obviously you have to go fast on that. But we left off talking about Tennessee versus Kentucky. And I think a real X factor here for Kentucky is the fact that you've had Kellen Grady really being able to step up for this team. He has been tremendous. 11.5 points per game, shooting over 40% from three-point range. A guy that throughout his career, while he was playing over there at, at Davidson, he was always just tremendous. 17-plus points per game in four straight seasons. Now, what has been interesting for this, te- for this Kentucky team is that you've got one of the leaders in assists on their team. And Xavier Wheeler, he has been missing the last few games. Now, John Calipari did say, according to John to John Clay. He covers the Kentucky Wildcats out there for the Lexington Herald that he did wind up practicing today. It seems like it is a little bit of a game time decision whether or not Wheeler is going to be available. And I fully anticipate him being available, but even if he's not, Kentucky has lost really nothing in the games in which Wheeler has been off the floor. So I think that that's a little bit of an intriguing part here. Now, Tennessee looks like they should be at relatively full staff here. Josiah Jordan James is just a sad sheet suffer for this team. I absolutely love this game. Six points, six rebounds, right around 1.8 steals, 1.2 blocks. I mean, whatever the, you need the guy to do, he is going to be able to do. And for Tennessee, you don't have that one guy that's going to go out there and grab like 20 rebounds or anything like that, like we have with Oscar Sheba. We'll get into that in a second. But John Fulkerson, 9.6 boards, couple assists. He's relatively solid. I think he's going to do an okay job against Oscar Sheba. Problem is, 
I don't know if there's any big man in the country that is better than Oscar Sheway right now. And I say that knowing that Kofi Coburn, Drew Timmy, and all those guys exist, but the guy is averaging 15 rebounds per game. He literally out-rebounded Western Kentucky by himself. That is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this guy has been tremendous for this Kentucky team. So I do get Kentucky a little bit of an upper hand there. Like I said, I wound up setting my line on this game at a five. So we're seeing anywhere between four and a half and five and a half. And I'd be willing to lay more of a four and a half before I'd be willing to take a five and a half here personally. That's what way I wind up leaning on this one. I did want to make it my total 137 as well. You've got a Kentucky team that they neither play fast, they neither play slow. Both of these teams have been doing a relatively solid job on defense. I just think that Tennessee has some, with me, trust issues with regards to their offense because you sometimes see the good Kentucky team that they wind up going like 8 of 20 from 3. And then they wind up giving you what they gave you in Madison Square Garden where they went 6 of 40. Kennedy Chandler, Santiago Viscovi, I mean, relatively solid guys that give you combined 27 points per game, but they're just not necessarily reliable enough for me to trust. I would rather put my eggs in the basket of Kentucky because it's harder for rebounding to go into a funk than these Tennessee guards. So looking at a four and a half year right now, when it comes to Kentucky, I would rather lay it before I would take it in this spot. And with this total set, my total at 137. So I'm looking at it under here as well. And then we go to another game that is going to be going down in the early window, 9 a.m. Pacific noon, Eastern Michigan state and Northwestern. This is 603, 604. Michigan State opened up an eight and a half point favorite. We're seeing anywhere between eight and nine right now. Circa, where I'm at right now, they have a nine. Right now at DraftKings, we're seeing an eight with minus 120 juice. And your total on this game, it is 145 and a half. Northwestern just has a bunch of guys that they can't perform in big games. You could insert your guy here who doesn't wind up performing in the clutch. It could be your buddy at the bar, but. That is Northwestern basketball. We saw it last year when the calendar went from 2020 to 2021. Northwestern went from a ranked team to in the garbage disposal. And guess what? When the calendar turned from 2021 to 2022, Northwestern has now gotten as many wins as Greg Peterson after looking like a solid NCAA tournament team. So that is not great. And then you take a look at Michigan State. They took down Northwestern 73 to 67 when these two teams wound up doing battle. I would say about two or so weeks ago out there in the state of Illinois, Michigan State. They wound up in that game shooting 723 from three-point range on Northwestern. They wound up going five of 23 from distance. That was their worst three-point shooting percentage really of the season for both teams. But I do take a look at what you're able to get out of this Michigan State team. Gabe Brown, 14 points per game, does a good job of being able to give you right around five boards per game. And you got a Michigan State team that overall for the season, they're shooting 39.5% for three-point range. They rank the top 20 in all of college basketball at that regard. Northwestern, they've been able to play some relatively solid defense, but at the same time, take a look at some of the opponents like Fairleigh Dickinson, the New Jersey Institute of Technology. And then when they wind up stepping up to teams like Ohio State, they give up a 50-burger in the first half. Oh, you give up 50 points in the first half to Ohio State. I recognize very good school, but giving up a 50-burger. Good grief. This isn't football here, people. So that's not great right there. And for Michigan State, Joey Hauser has been able to step up relatively clutch for the team. Now, with Michigan State, you always have a problem with their turnovers. They turn the ball over 14 times per game, but Northwestern is not a necessary team that they generate a lot of swipes down. Northwestern, they themselves, with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis, they rank in the top 10 in all of college basketball. They do a nice job of being able to take care of the ball, but I do think that this is going to be a case in which you're just not going to get enough possessions to be able to get in over. Like I said, this is a rematch of a game that we wound up seeing a few weeks ago. 
total in that game was in the very, very low 140s before it winds up landing 73 to 67. Might have wound up being more like a 139, but you had it right in the vicinity of the total. Now we're seeing a 145 and a half. I don't know why this total has bumped up five and a half points from what we wound up seeing the first time around because I see something relatively similar. Heck, I actually think it's going to be a tad bit lower scoring because you do have a Northwestern team that I do think that they are going to be having a little bit of a tough time with things with regards to being able to hit free throws, what have you. So this is a spot in which I did wind up making the total 137. I'm going to be taking a look at an under. And when it comes to Michigan State, that them as 11 point favorite. So I'm going to be willing to lay the points here when it comes to our good friends in Michigan State. And I know that one of our good friends, Oliver, does a terrific job behind the scenes. He is the guy that really posts up the podcast when we wind up doing it hour by hour here at Visa. Everyone has their role. I mean, you've got my man, Brian Ortega, who does a terrific job producing this show. He is amazing. He gets me set up and everything like that. You've got Nick Wells. He is the technical director for this broadcast tonight. Always brings it. He's a New England Patriots fan as well. We're going to be hitting on his team at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. So for all of you NFL fans, don't worry. I've got you covered on both of the Saturday NFL games as well. You've got Brad who gets me set up on audio. These are the people that without them, you would not be seeing me or hearing me right now. You wouldn't be getting all these breakdowns. So big shout out to them. Now, when it comes to the podcast, that is a one man band right there. But when it comes to this broadcast we're doing right here, all these guys, they make it all possible because there's a lot of things when you wind up broadcasting from a wonderful resort like Circa. And without them, I'd be stuck in the abyss of talking to nobody. So we always have to give a shout out there. They're the best in the business. But he was asking me about the Gonzaga versus Santa Clara game and really the total on that more specifically. I'll give you a little bit on both as right now you're finding Gonzaga as a relatively sizable favorite. And this is going to be one of the biggest totals that we're finding on the betting board. 685, 686 total of 165 and a half. Gonzaga may open up a 14 and a half point favorite. You're still seeing a 14 and a half out there at South Point. You're seeing as high as a 16 right now where I'm at Circa DraftKings. Maybe got this at a 15 and a half. But when it comes to Santa Clara, this is a team that they've been relatively efficient on offense, but they're not necessarily a team that's going to look to gun it, which is why I take a look at this game. And I think that it's actually relatively solid value here to the under. And I think a lot of people are going to overreact to the fact that Gonzaga they wind up dropping 110 on BYU and they drop 117 on Pepperdine. That's 227 points in the span of two games. So you've got a lot of people thinking, oh boy, points, points, points. And for Gonzaga, they've been a top 20 team to the over ever since really the beginning of the 2019-20 season. So Gonzaga has a good track record of being able to play overs, but you got to feel like bookmakers, they know this. And I do think that things are going to be throttled down a little bit in this game. I do take a look at this spot and I do like the under because I wound up setting the total more around a 161 and a half. I know that our man Oliver was asking me a little bit more about the first half under. I would say that you probably, with regards to the over, it's a little bit tough because I personally would be taking a look at the full game because with Gonzaga, they certainly can come out. They could light it up in the first half, but you could wind up having a team get buried and most of their points might wind up coming in garbage time as well. So I would say stick with the full game here because it can be very, very volatile. But 
when it comes to this Gonzaga team, I'm going to be looking to fade them in this spot. Santa Clara actually has some very redeeming qualities. You've got a guy in Jalen Williams who's been able to give you right around 20 points per game. And I'm going to talk about a little bit more about what you're able to get in the backcourt with PJ Pipes and company on the other side as we continue to take a look at everything that we've got for a big college basketball Saturday right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great offer to help you make this the best betting year ever for you. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN plus all access to everything that we do now through April 5th for just 69 Smackaroos. Sign up and you're able to get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today as it is a great Peterson experience right here on Visa the Sports Bank Network and I do agree it is one of the biggest times of the year because you've got a whole lot of college basketball that's going to be going down on Saturday. We're trying to get on as many games as humanly possible. We're right now taking a look at Santa Clara versus Gonzaga. And when it comes to the Santa Clara versus Gonzaga game, wound up explaining why I'm going to be on the under in this spot, but wound up making Gonzaga only about a 13 and a half point favorite. So at the opener of 14, I was looking at Santa Clara. Now that we're up to right around 15 and a half to 16, I do think that you've got some relatively solid value here. I do like the way that Herb Sandek has been able to coach up these guys. Got a Santa Clara team that with Jalen Williams has been able to give you 19 points per game. But you take a look at why Santa Clara doesn't necessarily have a better record. And it's because they wound up having a little bit of a mono issue with Joseph Varenkic coming into the year with Varenkic. He and Keyshawn Justice combined for 30 points and right around 14 rebounds, throwing their seven assists per game as well with a pair of guys that stand between six foot seven, six foot nine. Very good combo players. Now, I don't think that they're going to be able to necessarily match up with both Drew Timmy and Jet Holmgren, but I think that they'll be able to provide a little bit of a speed bump. You've also got P.J. Pipes, comes in from UW-Green Bay, guy that has been able to chip in there 10.5 points per game. Parker Braun is able to shoot 35% from three. He's a guy with a little bit of size, comes in from Missouri, a guy that stands right around six foot eight ish So, I mean, with Santa Clara, got some good versatility. And with Gonzaga, I want to see a little bit more out of some of these more ancillary pieces, like a 
Hunter Salas, who's been okay, but hasn't necessarily been great. Nolan Ickman's been able to give you right around seven and a half points per game. Andrew Nemhard, I just, I take a look at Andrew Nemhard and I feel like there should be more there for the hype. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority on that, but I do think that you've got relatively solid value here with Santa Clara, right around 15 and a half to 16, depending on where you're looking. Set the total at 161 and a half. I do think that you're going to get a high scoring game, but I think that with Gonzaga scoring a combined 270 points in the last two games, I do think that things are going to be coming back down a little bit. So I'm taking a look at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the points when it comes to Santa Clara. I wound up having a request for this game. Iowa State and Texas, 637, 638 on the betting board. Texas is back to hitting the road, and they're finding themselves between a two and two and a half point favorite in your Toronto's game, finding it anywhere between a 120 and a half and a 121 and a half. Got a pair of teams that are playing really stinking slow right now. You've got a Texas team that they legitimately rank at the bottom 25 with regards to possessions per game. And Iowa State, they have brought back Midwest toughness. They are right around 206 in the country with regards to possessions per game. But you do take a look at this Iowa State bunch, and they have been in the top 15 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. Same with Texas. Now, the reason why I like Texas in this game, I wound up sending them more around a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So the two that we're seeing right now, willing to lay it, really not willing to lay anything more, though, is because... All of a sudden, Marcus Carr has been able to find a little bit of something. Now, I still don't think that the Marcus Carr at Texas fit is great, but it feels like he's been able to do a little bit more, which pretty much is going from a complete and utter zero burger and being a liability to being a competent guard. So that's what I'm talking about there. But you take a look at the rest of the Texas team. You've got a guy in Trey Mitchell who's been dealing with health and safety protocols. I fully expect him to be out once again for this game, but the good news is Dylan Disu, the transfer from Vanderbilt, should be able to take his spot. Disu, who wound up missing the first seven or eight games of the season, he's been able to get the team right around eight points per contest while he's at Vanderbilt. Shot in the mid-30s from three-point range, has been shooting sub-20% this season. I do think that he's going to be able to come around with that, and both of these teams do have some similarities. Iowa State, one of the best teams in the country at being able to generate turnovers, and Tyrese Hunter is someone that has not been able to get the love that he deserves. This is a guy that be able to chip in there right around 10 points per game. He's not a good three-point shooter, but I mean, with that said, what he does do a good job of is being able to generate two and a half steals per game. He gives you five assists, does not wind up turning the ball over a whole heck of a lot, but Texas may be much better at taking care of the ball right around 11 turnovers for them. I would say that's more in the neighborhood about 13-ish, so I do think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue when it comes to the Cyclone team. And when it comes to Iowa State as well, I think flat out, you've got two teams that they play a very similar style, but you just have the better athletes for Texas. I think that that's a little bit of an issue as well. I did wind up saying this on a 124.5 as well, because I do think that this is going to be a relatively tight game. Why is it coming down to the final couple of possessions with Texas? They shoot 77% the free throw line. They're one of the better teams in all of college basketball. The guards are free throw shooting. I would say not great, not terrible. They are 168th. And I do think that when it comes to Pure scoring. The best scorer in this game is going to be Isaiah Brockington, a guy that for Iowa State, 17 points, eight rebounds. He chips in there, ceiling after game, be able to can about 39% of his threes. He's been able to do a good job there. But Gabe Kelsher, along Tyrese Hunter, shooting sub 25% from three point range, even though you do have guys like Tristan Ianera, along with Caleb Grill, being able to bury some threes. I do think that that is going to be a tad bit of an issue, which is why I do side with Texas in this game. Like I said, Two is relatively the max that I'm willing to lay there, but I am willing to lay the deuce as we're seeing it right now when it comes to this Texas bunch. So I've got them in this spot here. And when it comes to the other games, we're right now scouring Twitter to see what you are, what 
everyone else wants to be able to take a look at. We certainly did it on the SEC a little bit earlier, and we're going to be hitting on Alabama versus Mississippi State, which is a New York Post play at 11 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. That is 2 p.m. Eastern, so we've got you guys covered there. And when it comes to what we're going to be seeing in the early window of college basketball, Another one that I think is going to be relatively intriguing is this Creighton versus Xavier game. 605-606. So we'll go back to the biggies on this one. Right now, Xavier opened up a 9.5 point favorite. Really, everyone other than Circos at 9 is at a 9.5 on this game. And your total on this game, you're finding it at a 141. I'm relatively close on this game. I want to saying Xavier as a 10-point favorite. Pretty much my mentality is anything of single digits. 9.5 or less, one lay it with Xavier. Once you wind up getting to double digits, it is a take on Creighton. Creighton has actually really throttled down this season. They're a team that they rank outside the top 175 with regards to possessions per game. And it's a Creighton team that they just don't necessarily shoot it well. They're shooting sub 70% the free line, sub 33% from three-point range. And for the X-Men, Zach Fremantle hasn't necessarily been able to do a ton with this team, but they haven't needed it. Nate Johnson has been able to shoot right around 47% from three-point range. And uncle, is this guy good? Adam Kunkel winds up coming in. From Belmont, he has really been catching my eye recently. A guy that was pretty much inserted midseason last year. It looked like he was going to redshirt, and then he decided that he was going to play a little bit. He has been able to do a solid job for this team, giving this team another three-point shooting force. And that has been very big because Paul Scruggs has not necessarily been 100% himself this season. So Kunkel's emergence has been very big then for Creighton. They turn the ball over right around 14 times per game as well. Ryan Hawkins is a guy that wanted transferring up from, I believe, the D2 level. Double-digit scores, able to give you seven rebounds per game. Shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. And Ryan Kalkbrenner is someone that's seven foot one. He's been able to do a nice job recently as well. He's a guy that is obviously not going to be stretching the floor, but it's able to give you seven rebounds, multiple blocks per game. But I do think that Xavier does have a little bit of an upper hand in this game. And I think it's going to be really key for Xavier, just continuing their efficiency as well. When it comes to Adam Kunkel, I mentioned a little bit earlier, he has been all over the place because you take a look at him over the team's last seven games. He has scored 4, 12, 12, 3, 9, 25, and 5 points. So I know he's averaging right around like 10, 11 points per game in the stretch. It's either been all or nothing. And I do feel like that is a little bit of Xavier as well. But Xavier has a lot of guys that they are able to rely upon. Meanwhile, for Creighton, Ryan Nemhard turning the ball for three and a half times per game. That is a little bit of an issue. And typically with Creighton, you have scores upon scores upon scores. Now you've got guys that are able to rebound, but not really guys that are necessarily too terrific with the ball. Someone like Arthur Kaluma, who's been turning the ball over right around three points, three times per game. Doesn't give you a lot of assists. It has me out right now on this Crane team. So I'm willing to lay the 9F that we're seeing right here with Xavier. Set this little 140 as well. Very weird to see totals like this with Crane, but I do agree with it. I'm taking a look at the under, and I am willing to take Xavier in this spot. Got about 90 seconds left until we wind up hitting our New York Post play of the day at the top of next hour. So how about if we go West Virginia, Kansas here, 619, 620 on the earlier games, Kansas between an 11 and 11 half point favorite with your total between 142 and a half and 143 and a half. And when it comes to West Virginia, I actually like what I'm seeing out of this team. They have given up pretty much 60 points or fewer in seven out of their last eight games. This is a team that has been very dominant on defense. Kansas has really been priding themselves on offense. This is a Kansas team that with regards to points on a per possession basis, they do rank in the top 20 in all of college basketball. They've been very much an over team, but I think that West Virginia gets their side on this game. I line this game at 10 and a half. So you're at 11 to 11 and a half. I'm going to be willing to take the points with West Virginia. 
I do think that West Virginia needs that more dominant rebounder. Gabe Obershowen, he's been able to give the team right around five boards per game. Jalen Bridges as well. But Taz Sherman being able to give this team 20 points per game has been beneficial. But for Kansas, Remy Martin has either been banged up or not necessarily himself. I think that that is a big giant issue when it comes to this Kansas team. And when it comes to Kansas, they've been scoring on a per possession basis from what they wound up having the first game of the season in the last four, about 17 points fewer per 100 possessions. So that has been a little bit of an issue. We're going to try to hit a little bit more on this game on the other side. And then our number two, the Greg Peterson experience, going to be leading off with what I've got in the New York Post right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.